0: Earlier, um, when we were worshiping the Lord, I don't know if any of you over here saw it, but that door kind of swung open over there, Uh, the door going out from the choir loft, and I I leaned over toward Trey, and I said, I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit coming or leaving, but I hope he's coming, and and as we were singing that, that, that came back to my mind. Uh, how desperately we need him but understand this when the Holy Spirit shows up it's not a uh, hooping, hollering dancing shouting time for the people of God It's like Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6, woe is me. Because the reality is, he is worthy of it all. But there's not a single person here, myself including, that that has given him what he's worthy of. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with that. You know, we have, back before Easter, we did about eight weeks in Romans chapter 6, and we talked about that life of victory and that life of freedom, that that life unchained. And uh, that's what God has for us. That's what glorifies Jesus in us. When we are living the life that he died and rose from the dead that we might have. But if every one of us was honest today, and I don't know why we would ever not be honest. Because you can be honest with Jesus. And among the people of God, we ought to be able to be honest with one another. But if we're honest, every one of us would say, hey, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with giving God what he deserves. And if we were honest, although some of us might be doing better now than we were a month ago or a year ago, there still is a significant gap between what we read in Romans 6 and other passages of scripture, when we read what the life that Jesus described, that life more abundant, there's a gap between what we're reading and what we're experiencing. And we're struggling. We want to do right. Because God has saved us and redeemed us. We, we want to give him what he's worthy of, but... We fail. We come short. And so what do we do? Well, and we preachers are are guilty of, of feeding that part of us. We say, well, just try harder. Do better. And we try harder. And we try harder. And we try to do better. And yet we keep falling short. And it seems like this life that Jesus talks about is just unattainable it seems like it's impossible there's times that we feel like we're still bound up in these chains and we get frustrated and we get cynical and we begin to fold our arms at ministry at serving God at the preaching of God's word We say, it just doesn't work for me. Well, if you're a struggler somewhere in the midst of what I was just talking about, then you're in good company because Paul struggled with that as well. Romans chapter 7 is where we are, and I want us to talk this morning about the struggle. The struggle coming out of Romans chapter 6. And we're not going to go verse by verse through Romans 7. Matter of fact, Lord willing, I, I, I'll just preach one message uh, today out of Romans chapter 7. But it specifically deals with that truth that, that here is the truth of Romans 6, the truth of the freedom that we have in Christ, of the victory that we have in Christ, but yet we struggle. Look at what Paul describes out of his own life, beginning in Romans chapter 7 and verse 14. He says, for we know that the law is spiritual. In other words, there's a purpose. The law had its good that it did. Then he says, but I, Paul's talking about himself and every one of us could put ourselves in with this uh, personal pronoun I, but I am carnal sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do or what I want to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I don't want to do, what I will not do, I agree with the law that It is good, but now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will, or the the desire, the want to, the the will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will or I want to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do or I don't want to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I, what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find in a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills or who wants to do Good, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And here he cries out, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I'm glad it doesn't end there. Verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. See, the struggle is not the what as much we've talked a lot about the what about what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus has provided for us the struggle is not with the what it's with the how 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 do we live this out and and here here is the struggle this is this is the struggle we are trying to live this new life the old way We had an old way of living and God's given us this new life and we're thankful for the new life. We read about the new life. The problem is, is we're trying to live this new life, the old way. You see, you can't live this new life of freedom that you have in Christ through the old religious flesh. You just can't. You can't live this life of the Spirit in the power of the flesh. It won't work. It's frustrated. It makes you feel like you're wretched. You can't walk in the full work of grace through selfish, fleshly effort. You can't. You can't live this new life by doing it the old way. That leads to failure after failure after failure after failure. And you get to the point of frustration, and you get to the point of exhaustion and weariness where you might feel like you might as well just give up and after a while after the sin just keeps conquering you and you keep giving into it your heart becomes more and more hard to the things of God and though a preacher gets up there and talks about the victory and freedom you say sure it's a struggle it's a struggle so let's talk, let's talk a little more about this, this struggle. The struggle through the, the old way. And when we're talking about this old way, what we're talking about is my way. <laughs> my way of living. That's, that's the old way. We tried to do the things of God in our own power, in our own way. And there's four truths here I, j- I just want to bring out that will help you. Because once you understand the, the old way, what we've been doing, then the new way, I think, will be made even that much clearer. We struggle through this old way. First of all, we, we need to understand, it. and this is, this is true. All these are, these are truths from the Word of God. And that is, it. we are really free from the law. That's not the problem. If you have been saved because of what Jesus did for you on the cross and because he rose from the dead that he won the victory for you and you have been set free, you are freed from the flesh. You are freed from the sin. You are freed from the law. He says there in verse 14, he says, for we know that the law is spiritual. The law, there is some good things that are that are there. There was a purpose in that. And he goes back in, in verses one through six. I'm not gonna read all that, but he talks about how we are freed from this law, how we are freed from the law through death. In other words, if you have violated the law and then you die, they can't punish you anymore and when you were saved you were put in Christ and his death became your death and so when he died you died and therefore the law does not apply to you anymore Jesus has broken the the, the power of the law over you you're no longer condemned you are saved and you are free that's what that is true. We are freed from the flesh, freed from sin, freed from law. Matter of fact, he said, Well, what is the purpose of the law then? What the purpose did, listen to the purpose exposed sin in our lives. We wouldn't know what sin is. That's what he talks about in, uh, in, in verses 7 through 13 there. He talks about how we wouldn't know what sin is if it wasn't for the law. And what the law does, the law shows us not only that, that we do sin, but also the law shows us. Our inability not to sin. In our flesh, we we must sin. You see, the law says if we will keep these commands, we can have life. The problem is we can't keep the commands. Do you understand that? Our flesh is is, is unable. So, what does the, the law appeals to the flesh? The law says, flesh, do these things and you'll have life. And the flesh goes, yeah, I can do these things and I'll have life. And the flesh tries and tries and tries and the flesh just can't do it. And by the way, listen to me. Saved, redeemed flesh can't do it either. Flesh can't and never could. Which is why we have to die to the law And flesh die to ourselves as well. Now, we're free from the law. Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. These other truths as well. But we're free from the law. We're free from the flesh. But sin is still present as long as we're here on this earth. See, that's what he says in verse 14. He says, we know that the law is spiritual. But he doesn't say I was. He said, I am. I am carnal. I'm sold, under that word carnal means fleshly. I've still got this flesh. I'm free, but the flesh is still here. The flesh is not in authority over my life, but it is still here. It is still present with me. Verse 17, he says, but now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. This is Paul talking about it. He didn't say it did dwell. He said right now it's dwelling in me. The possibility of sin, the potential of sin, the flesh still wants to sin within me. It's still there and the flesh wants to do this. Verse 20, he says, Now if I do what I will not do, it's no longer I'll do it, but it is sin that dwells in me. Sin dwells in us, it abides with us as long as we're in these fleshly bodies. These fleshly bodies will want sin. We'll want the easy way out. We'll want to achieve. We'll want to impress the world around. And then he says again in verse 21, he says, I find in a law that evil is present with me. Paul's not lying. The word of God can't lie. Sin is still present. As long as we are here on this earth, we still have flesh. We're freed from the flesh, but the flesh is still present. It's still there. It's not in control of us, but it still calls. It still calls. Now understand this. When we're talking about the flesh, we're talking about me. That's who we are. The flesh is me. The problem is me. He talks, he says, I, I, I. All those eyes are. Me. Matter of fact, in these verses I just read, I don't know if you were counting, but 26 times he uses that one letter, I. It's us. The problem is us. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that you're not that bad. That may be you preacher, but that ain't me. I'm not as bad as you are. (laughs) Or you may think that you're not as bad as other people and stuff. Now listen, sin is still present. And the, and, and, and the flesh is still there but the flesh can desire good things that's the deceptive part of the flesh it says the flesh can desire two things that's what he says in verse 15 he says for what I'm doing I do not understand for what I, I want to do I do not practice so the, here's that eye there and the same eye that is carnal the same eye that that is filled with, with sin and that the flesh is still there it desires good it wants to do good he says it again in verse 19 he says for the Good that I will to do or that I want to do. I want to do what is good. There's something within me that wants to do what is good. I've been saved. I've been redeemed. My heart wants to do what is good. Even my flesh wants to do what is good. Verse 23 says, "Uh, But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. This is a present battle bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And so this is going on here. That eye that is there. You see, the flesh still wants the blessings of God. It just wants to find a shortcut to get to them. And the flesh still wants the approval of God. It just wants to do as little as possible to get that approval. And by the way, the flesh wants to impress others. And if living a godly, religious life can do that, the flesh wants those those things in our lives. The flesh wants to be acknowledged as one who follows God, as one who honors God, as one who serves God. But see, the flesh wants those things, but the flesh wants to do it the old way. Wants to do it through personal effort and personal achievement. And here's the truth you just got to understand. The flesh is unable to do good. It wants to, but it can't. Verse 18, he says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Did you hear that? That's not just Paul's flesh, that's our flesh. Nothing good dwells. We are not good people. Our flesh rebels against God. That's who we are. We are rebels. We are. Re- See, we want to think that, that we want to put this light. We say, well, if I just follow Christ, that'll give me a better life. Following Christ is better, but I'm okay. No! Did you, what does he say here? I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing, nothing, nothing. What, you know what the nothing means in the Greek? It means zero. Not one single thing of goodness dwells within us. We're not good. He goes on in verse 19. He says, For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. I practice evil. The word evil means it brings harm. It brings harm to me and others, and I know that, and I do it anyway. Verse 23 says that, talks about how we're still bound. There's this war that is going on in the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. What I mean by that, yes, we have been set free, but we feel like we are bound. We try to put the chains back on us. We won't let go of the chains, even though the chains have been broken. Then in verse 24, he says, O wretched man that I am. A wretched man cannot follow God. Wretched is full of misery, pain, and death. See, understand this. When God saves us, he's not improving our flesh. Salvation is not self-improvement. true biblical salvation is the end of self the death of self for us to live a way that honors God self must die He says, "O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death?" Do you understand what he's saying? He says, "Who can deliver me from me? From me?" I'm thankful for one important pronoun there. I don't like all the eyes that are there, but those eyes are me. Well, every one of those eyes is, is dug. Just like every one of those eyes was Paul. That's who we are. I don't like that. But there is a pronoun here that I really like. Now, when he asked that question in verse 24, he says, oh, wretched man that I am. Notice he doesn't say, how can I be delivered? He says, who will deliver? It's like the Holy Spirit of God put that in the mouth of Paul. And that's exactly what he did. And as he's writing this down, he's writing who. And he goes, wait a minute, who? (laughs) Who? Who? See, there is victory. There's a struggle through the old way and there's a victory and it's not through a new way, it's through a new one. The new one is Jesus. Verse 25, that's what he says. He says, I thank God. And then he says, through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's not thanking God through Jesus. He's saying that the deliverance is through Jesus. The victory is through Jesus. The overcoming is through Jesus. The walking in freedom is through Jesus. The experience, the the knowing in an experiential way and experiencing victory over sin, it is all through Jesus. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the answer. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. My flesh is always going to be pulling towards sin. But there's a greater law going on. There's an overcoming law within me. And it is Jesus who lives within me. We have Jesus. He is not only worthy of it all, but if he's worthy of it all, we need to let him have it all. We need to give it all to him. We need to let him take over. Agent Rogers put it this way. He said, whatever master a man chooses will master that man. And if you choose pride and ego and self and trying to cover things up to impress others and try to impress God and earning your way when self is in control, then he is the one that will master you. The flesh is what will master you. But if Jesus is your master, if Jesus is your Lord, not just in the words that you say, but in the actions that you perform, that you live a life of surrender and worship to him, he will master you. Choose Jesus. Jesus How do we do that? Well, we do we bring Romans chapter 6 and Romans 7:25 together right here. We live as one dead to sin. It is true. We looked at it back in Romans chapter 6. Believe it. Believe the truth. Believe that you are in Christ. Believe that you died with Christ. Believe that you have been set free and then know that in your life. Experience it in your life. Walk in that freedom. Reckon it. Put it into your, it's already put in your bank account. Start drawing out from the victory. When the the temptation comes, you have everything that you need because the Holy Spirit is within you. Choose freedom. Live as one who is dead to sin. You have a new master. You are dead to that old master. Oh, he's still there, and he is calling out uh, your name, but you are free from him. Quit letting the dead man lead you. Let the one who's raised from the dead lead you. Let Jesus, see, that's what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, where he said, I die daily. I die daily to my flesh every day I have to in every situation the flesh is still warring the flesh is still acting like it's in control it's not in control but it likes to act like it's in control and so every day I have to say no to the flesh through the power of the Holy Spirit that is within me through the Jesus that lives within me I die daily Jesus put it this way he said if you're going to really follow me if you're going to be a disciple if you're going to be a true believer a true Christian then you need to deny your Take up your cross daily and follow me. Every day walking in the so every day coming before God in every situation and living as one who is dead to sin. And then we live as a slave to God. We talked about that back in Romans chapter 6, but he talks about it here. He says, I myself serve the law of God, I serve Him. He is my new master. There's a new way because I have him. It is not myself. It is him. I yield to him. I surrender to him. I don't argue with him. I don't tell him that that's not a good idea. Whatever he says, I do it. I let him lead and live through me. Jesus is the victory. Let him lead your life. Let him empower you. Let him strengthen you. Let him do it through you. you understand when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, what a great day of victory that was. Satan came with everything that he had. He even came equipped with the word of God to try to get Jesus to stumble, to try to get Jesus to fall. And he tempted him, and he tempted him, and he tempted him. And every time, Jesus won. And understand this, when Jesus won, he wasn't showing us the how. He was showing us the who. Because we, in our flesh, cannot take the steps and follow Jesus. But that Jesus that resisted temptation every time, if you're a born-again believer, he lives in you. And so quit wrestling with the devil on your own. And let the one who has never been defeated fight him. And his name is Jesus. Let Jesus live through you. Live as one dead to sin. Live as a slave to God and let Jesus live through you. I thank God through you. Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is through him and it is him through us. This is what Paul's talking about in Colossians 127. What does he say is the the, the glory that we can experience in our life? What is this hope of glory? It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when we're talking about glory, oftentimes we, we talk about heaven, and let me tell you something, heaven is a glorious place. There are some, some uh, of our brothers and sisters in Christ that are experiencing that glory today, and and I look forward to going there today. but we don't have to wait till heaven to experience the glory of Jesus. He brings glory now. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus, this the 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 glory of God, Jesus himself, he yielded to God and he won every time. He won in that temptation. He won in the garden. He won on the cross. He won at the tomb. He won through the toughest times of life. And if he is the one that is leading you and living through you, he'll win through the toughest times of your life as well. And the same Holy Spirit that descended upon Jesus and equipped him and filled him and strengthened him lives in you as well. That's what Paul's talking about in Galatians 2.20 where he says, I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are free. We are free. And not only are we free, we're not free to live the Christian life and the old flesh. We are free to let Jesus live through us. That's what he is calling us to. See, this is his plan. It has been his plan all along. It is what we need. We can't do it without him. We need him. It is what others need. That's the reason why the church is not reaching to the world and not impacting the world. It's because the world looks at the church and the world sees a bunch of fleshly religious people failing at trying to serve this God and there's nothing that attracts them rather than seeing people filled with the spirit of God and Jesus Christ flowing through them and where they see the love of Jesus and they see the grace of Jesus and they see the victory of Jesus all they're seeing is us and I don't know about you but I don't want us I want him and by the way that's the only way we'll give him what he's worthy of he deserves real glory and only the Holy Spirit of God and glorify Jesus the way he deserves to be glorified. And so we got to get out of the way and let him live through us. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Underwood Baptist Church. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. It's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to the sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that He will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org. All our contact information is there, and we look forward to hearing from you. I hope you were blessed by today's message.